In the shadows of sorrow, can fasting help us through the grieving process? Today, we'll explore one of the most common, although not always conscious, reasons for fasting. This is Cherie. Welcome to Meditating the Word. It's day three of our 21-day fast. We're going to start out with our foundational scripture for this series, Mark 9:29. Jesus said, This kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. This tells us that sometimes fasting is required. Today, we're going to talk about fasting as part of the grieving process. We'll look at an account of fasting in 1 Samuel 1, 2 Samuel 1, and 1 Chronicles 10. King Saul reigns over Israel, and the Philistines have come to do battle. The Israelites flee from them, and many of them are killed on Mount Gilboa, including Saul's sons Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. Saul himself is wounded critically, and when his armor-bearer refuses to kill him, Saul falls on his own sword, and then his armor-bearer follows suit. The Israelites along the valley and across the Jordan abandon their towns and flee as well, and the Philistines take up residence in their towns. The Philistines return to the battlefield the next day, cut off Saul's head, and strip off his armor. They send messengers throughout the land to proclaim the news and put Saul's armor in the temple of the Ashtoreths and fasten his body to the wall of Bethshan. Let's pick up the story in 1 Samuel 31:11. When the people of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men marched through the night to Bethshan. They took down the bodies of Saul and his sons from the wall of Bethshan and went to Jabesh, where they buried them. Then they took their bones and buried them under a tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. In Second Samuel 1, the news comes to David. If you remember, David served Saul for many years until Saul became jealous of him and tried to kill him. And David had a covenant friendship with his son, Jonathan. David asks the messenger how he knows Saul and Jonathan are dead. And he tells David he came upon Saul leaning on his spear, and Saul asked him to kill him. We'll pick up the story in verse 10. So I stood beside him and killed him, because I knew that after he had fallen, he could not survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and have brought them here to my Lord. Then David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the army of the Lord and for the nation of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. Now let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 10, which basically retells the story told in 1 Samuel. We'll read verses 11 through 14. When all the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead 
heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men went and took the bodies of Saul and his sons and brought them to Jabesh. Then they buried their bones under the great tree in Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance and did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. How does this relate to us today? When someone faces the profound sadness of losing a loved one or confronts a personal tragedy, like hearing about a friend's serious illness or witnesses a national catastrophe, their response can affect their entire being. This reaction isn't just emotional, it affects their heart, mind, and body. Events like these deeply disturb us, filling our hearts and minds with anguish. And in these moments, we often instinctively withdraw from our regular routines. This withdrawal or fasting from life isn't a deliberate choice, but a natural, often unconscious response to grief. It's a way of aligning the body with a turmoil experienced in the heart and the mind. By refraining from everyday pleasures like socializing or even basic necessities like food and drink, we introduce a physical aspect to our emotional and mental distress. This deprivation of the body mirrors the inner turmoil and creates a unified experience of grief. Fasting in this way brings the mind, heart, and body into a harmonious state of mourning. And while not everyone feels the need to engage their whole self in this manner, for some, it's a very effective way of processing their grief. It's a period that can lead to profound introspection and a reassessment of your life's priorities, allowing you to gain a new perspective and a clearer understanding of your identity and what truly matters to you. This unified approach to grieving, engaging the mind, heart, and body, signifies a deep, transformative journey through grief. This was a seven-day fast, while David and his men fasted one day. I would assume it was a normal fast, with water only and no food. This is probably the most common type of fast. If you are struggling to process grief, you may want to consider fasting as part of your transformation. Remember, fasting doesn't move God. Fasting moves us. It puts us in a position to receive from God. And please, fast responsibly. If you have any underlying health issues or an unhealthy relationship with food, do not fast. If you are going on an extended fast, it's a good idea to check with your doctor first. All right, let's check in. By now, you should have chosen what you are fasting from and how long you are going to fast and why you are fasting. I encourage you to journal daily during your fast, writing down any thoughts, feelings, or breakthroughs. How is day three of your fast going? 
things you might experience today are you may feel more energetic today and your mind will probably be more clear, although you may not feel as strong as usual. Your cravings for food will probably be less. You might still be a little irritable. Just praise and pray through it. You've probably lost some more weight, especially if you are doing a normal or absolute fast. But even partial fasts usually result in some weight loss. These are all normal. And please, please stay well hydrated. How am I doing? I lost another 1.2 pounds on day two. I continue to drink a gallon of water a day and get in 10,000 steps, but no strenuous exercise. I'm spending hours in the Word and in prayer every day and hope you're doing the same. All right, let me say a prayer over you. Father God, I speak your Word over everyone listening to this podcast and especially over those dealing with grief. May they feel your embrace in their season of mourning. You are always present, Father. May they find peace in your presence, even in their moments of sorrow. We are reminded that we do not grieve as unbelievers do, because we know that earthly, physical death is not the end. We have the hope of seeing our loved ones again. Give those who are going through this process the courage to face each day and the hope to see beyond their pain. Father, you heal the brokenhearted and you soothe our troubled spirits. Help those who have lost someone dear to treasure the cherished memories and the love shared. Bless them with the support of friends and family and guide those around them to offer words of comfort and acts of kindness. Thank you for your everlasting love. Amen. Thank you for joining me on Meditating the Word today. This is Cherie, reminding you that you are in my prayers. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.